Hi, I'm so glad you're here. We are going to be talking about women in the Bible, and of course, we have to start with the very first one. So we are going to start with Eve, and we'll be reading a lot of scripture today, mostly from the book of Genesis. And we're going to be talking about this woman that we really don't hear a lot about, except for the fact that she ate the forbidden fruit, and then she had her husband eat it. And, but I hope by the end of today, you're going to have a little bit of a bigger picture of Eve. And um, I hope that you will um, fasten your seatbelts because we are going to go through a lot of scripture and we're going to meet this lady that God created um, from the rib of her husband, Adam. So let's go and we'll start in Genesis 1 and I'm going to just open in prayer. Lord, teach us about this woman and help us to understand her, help us to understand you, and help us to understand your love for us so that we can honor you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start with Genesis 1. And in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 31, it says, then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So right away, we find out about Eve before we meet her, because Adam and Eve were created in the image of God to reflect his glory. And God's purpose in creating Adam and Eve, the both the male and the female of humankind, was to rule over the fish, the birds, the cattle, all the earth, and every creeping thing. And they were both commanded to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill the earth. One thing that is so interesting is that the total land surface area of earth is about 57,300,000 8,738 square miles, of which about 33% is desert and 24% is mountainous. If you subtract that desert land and that mountainous land, saying, oh, well, that's uninhabitable, which it really isn't, but just say you do, that leaves 50%, 57% of the total land area or 15.77 billion acres of habitable land. So that's how much land there is on the earth. And that would give every person that's alive today about two acres a person. 
Isn't that interesting? Like we think of all these big cities and there are just so many people and, and the world is overcrowded. But if you took the population that is here today and you took out the really mountainous areas and you took out the desert and you just said, okay, everybody can have a little piece of land, we would have two acres. So my question is, why do people gather in cities rather than spreading out? And I'm not going to answer that. It's just food for thought. But as I was thinking about God saying to Adam and Eve, go fill the earth, I thought, wow, that's exciting and so interesting that people tend to want to cluster together rather than spread out and fill the earth. And there's so many places. Goodness, goodness, goodness. There's so many places in the earth that are just, they're vast, vast acres and acres and acres, miles and miles and miles of land. So there's plenty of room, guys, for everybody. We're still filling the earth. <laughs> so, but that was what God said. He said, hey, I want this earth filled. I want you to have lots of babies and I want you to rule over this earth. And so, you know, it's interesting that throughout history, men have worshiped the things God created instead of ruling over them. And I find that interesting how God calls us to rule and to reign. And then Satan tricks people into being subjected to those same things that we're called to rule over and to allow them to rule over us. Isn't that funny? And just while we're at it, God is so good and has such love for us. Everything he commands is for our benefit. Everything he commands is for our blessing. And you will notice that everything Satan does and tricks humankind into is harmful and hurtful. And you're going to see that right away with what happens. But I just find that so interesting that people who are following Satan think, oh, I'm so happy. I'm doing this, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, it's very harmful, harmful lifestyles, harmful relationship patterns, just so much that is so destructive. And yet here's our God who made us with the instruction book saying, I love you. Here's the best way to live. So I just want to point that out to you as we get started and um, before we move on to Genesis 2. So starting in Genesis 2, and we're going to start with verse 6. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Wow, that's so cool. Right out of the dirt. Is that why boys love dirt so much? Maybe. <laughs> Men were formed from dirt and we were formed from a bone. Interesting. <laughs> The Lord planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, Before we go on, just notice 
God doesn't hide the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He doesn't put it in a dark closet and put a sign on it and say, hey, you can't go in here. You can't do this. But he's very open. He's like, here it is. It's right out here in the open. You know, you see where it is. And I'm saying, don't touch it. If you do touch it, here are the consequences. So unlike Satan, who wants things to sound like they're hidden and mysterious and we get to be the only one who knows about things and never ever does Satan tell human beings, when you do this, this is going to be the consequences. Very crafty and very sneaky. Just such a difference between him and between our glorious, loving Heavenly Father. So then the voice, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a super a suitable helper for him. Now notice that God is bringing all these animals to him that he's made on the previous days. Well, I, a lot of the animals were made on day six, like humans, but the birds were made earlier, you know, and so here he's bringing them to them and notice they're probably all in pairs. And so he's saying, Hey, Adam, get a clue. Like everything else in creation, they have a mate. So Adam, you know, sometimes guys don't realize they need us, right? So God's kind of helping him. So moving on. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Then the man said, wow, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. Here we are, these jars of clay made from the dirt. The first man was talking, breathing with perfect DNA and able to create language. He made up words. He was creating a language. You know, if you would listen to secular history books or secular scientists, you would hear, oh, no, it was millennia. Well, that's just not true. Adam, freshly made, freshly made from the dirt. God breathed life into him and he is able to talk and think and create language. So just, you know, just in case any of you are just needing to hear that today, just reminding you. Um, and, and perfect, perfect DNA. God, there's two special trees that God put in the garden. One is the tree of life and one is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he made it really clear. Hey, eat freely from the tree of life. Hey, don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, um, again, I already talked about that, how God just makes, you know, consequences clear. The minute you eat from this, you will die. Um, there's no rain yet that there's just a mist that rises up and waters the ground. Now, let me tell you, Adam's job is to cultivate the land, provide food and name the animals. But notice 
He doesn't have any of the problem of irrigating his land or watering his land or praying for rain because every morning a mist rises up. What a joyful work atmosphere, not difficult, but fulfilling and fun. So we're created to work in the very beginning, but it is not a drudgery. It is not a difficult thing. There's not the thorns. There's not the thistles. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So their job together is to fill the earth, to multiply, to subdue the earth. You know, that might mean building a bridge over the river of life that's flowing, you know, it, whatever, whatever they're to do to subdue the earth, they're called to do that. And of course, Eve is Adam's assistant and marriage is instituted. So, and that's why the two shall become one. So it's so exciting. So much happened in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden. And there is woman and she wakes up. I guess, I guess it's like waking up and there she is. She is in this beautiful, beautiful garden with trees that were created that were beautiful to look at and delicious for food. There's anything she could want. And there's this handsome, perfect man. And wow. And he names her. He says, you know, your name is going to be woman. And I just think, wow, that's so beautiful. And what a perfect thing. It's, it says that God walked with them in the cool of the day. And oh, just so wonderful. So wonderful. So they're in this idyllic place. And they're, there's no colds. There's no traffic jams. It is just such an amazing, amazing life. It's that life we long for, guys. You know, we think, oh, I was made for better things. Yes, you were. You were made for the Garden of Eden. And that's why sometimes life feels really hard. So in Genesis 3, we're going to get to know Eve a little bit more. Um, All we know now is that she's been created and she has purpose and she has a, a great husband. Genesis 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, now listen to how Satan talks to her, because he probably talks to you like this too. And you need to learn to recognize his tricks so that you can resist him. So this is what he says. Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said, so first he says, oh, so God has said you can't eat from any tree. Well, that was a lie. So Satan comes in with a lie first. The woman says to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the tree, from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die for God knows that it is That in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he says, God lied. Do do you hear that? He says, you know, because she said, God said, if we touch it, I mean, if we eat from it, we will die. And the serpent says, oh, no, you won't. God's just afraid of you. Well, folks, that is a total lie. God is not afraid of us. Please, we would be very wise to be afraid of God. But he lies about God. He says, your eyes will be opened. You'll be just like God, knowing good and evil. And isn't that that? Isn't it the same in every false religion? You'll be a God. You'll be like God. 
you'll have this hidden knowledge. I mean, all of the demonic religions, they promise us to be like God or to be like a God or to be like the gods. And it's just not true. It is not true. So the woman is enticed. And it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. So he is right there. Now, where's Adam going? Um, Eve, uh, God said the minute we eat it, we should die. I don't think this is a great idea. So somewhere, maybe there was no one to mentor him. I don't know. But Adam is not getting this whole husband protection thing down. He's not saying a thing. In fact, he ate some too. As soon as they ate it, their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And the man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So just stop right there. So now we have the blame shift game. Adam said, it's Eve's fault that I ate this. She gave it to me. And of course, you know, even though I am the head of the house and the protector of my wife, I just thought if my wife told me to do it, I'm doing it. And then Eve says, it's not my fault because the serpent made me do it. Now the serpent did trick her, but her eyes were not on God and Adam's eyes were not on God and they weren't on the truth of God. And so they were deceived and it ruined not only things for them, but for all of us, because ladies, we are daughters of Eve. We are daughters of Eve. And throughout history, we arrive into the world broken because of that sin that entered the world. And we have to be fixed by the Holy One, by Jesus. So God says to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Listen, right there, there is a curse in the middle of the curse. There is a promise. Isn't that exciting? There's a promise right in the middle of the curse is a promise. Yes, he shall bruise you on the head, but you, uh, yes, you shall bruise him on the heel, Satan, but he shall bruise you on the head. And I find that so interesting. And when it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, it doesn't talk about Adam's seed. You know, all through the New Testament, we talk about we're sons of Adam, you know, and through Adam, sin came, but through the perfect man, Jesus. But here, it's not saying Adam's seed, it's saying her seed, because... 
Jesus is going to be from the Holy Spirit and from the seed of the woman. So that's so exciting. So even though Eve caused all the trouble, it was going to be through Eve that the promise would come. And so right away, right away, we see that God loves her. That even though, yes, she listened to Satan, he was still going to use her seed to bring Jesus into the world who would die for our sins. And I just find that so redemptive, so beautiful, because here we are ladies that there are things in our life and we can feel like, oh my goodness, I have blown this. Nothing will ever be the same. And God says, yes, you have blown it, but I can redeem. And that's our God, ladies. Our God is the God who redeems. He redeems. So I'm going to move on. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children. And of course, all of you moms say, amen. We know that. Yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles, it shall grow for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you will return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Wow, that is so sad. So here is, we've already gotten the promise. We've already gotten the promise, but now we're going to see a picture of foreshadowing where God kills the animal to make them a garment of skin. And so we have not only, you know, we have the very first death. So on the day that you eat of it, you will die. Yes, death entered their bodies. The decay began, although God was gracious. They actually lived another 900 more years or so. And so, but there was a death and it was a foreshadowing of the perfect sacrifice, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And very, very kind God was. He clothed them, but he said, oh no, 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 no. You're not eating from the tree of life again. And when do we eat from the tree of life again? In heaven, in heaven. Um, there's the tree of life again, and we're able to eat freely from that, but it was guarded. It was guarded then with flaming swords and, um, they were not allowed, not allowed in. So just kind of a recap, Adam listened to his wife instead of obeying God, big mistake. And also, you know, kind of slipping down on the protection thing. Adam was cursed in his calling. He would have to toil instead of work. Eve was cursed in her calling. She would have pain in giving birth. God clothed them. 
symbolizing death and setting a pattern for sacrifice. And there became enmity between Eve and Satan, enmity between sons and daughters of Eve and Satan. But there was the promise. And that is so exciting. There was the promise. Genesis 4. Now the man had relations with this wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Eve had left behind a luxurious home, a close relationship with a powerful God, a sweet, trouble-free marriage, every need met easily. And I know some of us have gone through seasons like that in our life where there's been such sweet seasons and then we've had to leave them and we could probably relate to how Eve is feeling right now. She's left and lost a lot. And yes, it is her fault. It is her fault. But aren't some of the bad things that happen to us our fault too? And I think so often we're so quick to point the finger at Eve, but I think it would be good for us to put ourselves in her shoes a little bit. One thing I notice is that she says she brings forth Cain with the help of the Lord. So Adam either doesn't help her give birth, or at least it's not enough help that it's even mentioned. But the Lord helps her. The Lord helps her. And she says, and so that to me is this sign that there is there is going to be not a complete cutting off because God is now instituting the sacrifices that are foreshadowing of the perfect sacrifice. So in her moment of great pain, God helps her to give birth. And that's just so exciting. So exciting that God is so kind, so exciting that there's that glimmer of a relationship with him. I I just love that. And so Here's Eve. She's given birth with the help of a man, but there's no one to teach her to be a mother. And there's no women to friends. And, you know, it's very hard for us to imagine that because even if we're away from our mom, there's someone in our church or somewhere that can help us out. And But Eve is really alone except for Adam. So I just imagine it was a struggle for her. I imagine that it was a struggle. And then things are going to happen that are going to break her heart. And I'm going to go ahead and we'll read from Genesis 4. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So Abel is a rancher, Cain is a farmer. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord for the fruit of of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain became angry and his countenance fell. Now, I just want to stop right here because if some of you are thinking, Oh my goodness, the Lord is being so mean to Cain. No, the Lord is not being mean to Cain. And already there's a precedent of sacrifice when God killed the animal. So Cain knew he he needed to have traded some of his vegetables and fruits for an animal to sacrifice to the Lord. So please don't feel sorry for Cain here because Cain knew what to do and he chose to offer something lesser 
and different. And we do that too. We say, okay, I'm not going to do exactly what the Lord wants, but instead, hey, Lord, look what I'm doing for you. Saul did that, King Saul. And the prophet Samuel said, burnt offerings the Lord does not require, but a broken and contrite heart. In other words, you know, that's that's a stench to me when your heart's not right and you're trying to do something for me, but you're not going to do what I asked. So anyway, um, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. So basically... God is saying, listen, Cain, if you do the right thing, you're not going to be sad. You're going to be happy. And isn't that true for us? Even for people who don't know Jesus, when they do the right thing, they're they're happy because living God's ways is great. And so Cain told Abel, his brother, and it came about that when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. So Cain is so angry that Abel did the right thing and God accepted it. And even though God told him exactly what to do to feel happy, to be accepted, Cain absolutely refused and was so filled with jealousy that he killed his brother. And I just want you to think about that. You are one of four people on the planet and one is your husband. And then you have two sons, no women to walk you through any of this. You're not yet. She'll have daughters. And what happens? One of your sons kills another. Now, I know some of you have children that argue and fight, but one of your sons kills another? Come on. Oh, that is heartbreaking. And the population in the world goes from four to three. Now, by then, she may have had other children because by then, you know, they're farming. I don't know how old they are, but you know, she may have had other children. You know, the Bible says they had other sons and daughters, but um, those were her first two. So even if there's already other sons and daughters, those were her first two. Um, Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground and from your face I will be hidden and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on earth and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So he, he's getting away. He's getting away. He's moving away from where the garden is. He's moving away from um, the, you know, flaming arrows. He's moving away from God, basically, and from his family. So now Eve has lost one son and her other son is moved away. Um, So now, 
You can only imagine. Poor Eve, this has been hard for her. Have you ever felt like a failure as a mother? Because I'm certain that Eve felt like a failure as a mother. I'm certain she felt like a failure in a lot of ways. And if you feel like a failure today, I want you to listen closely to the next things I'm going to share. Back from Genesis 3. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior. From her, I'm sorry, from her seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. Romans 1 verses 1 through 7 says this, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born at the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name, among you who are also called of Christ." To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Second Timothy 2 says this, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. There was enmity between Eve and Satan. There's enmity between all of her descendants and we are daughters of Eve she can already see this enmity in her children. She's lost both of her oldest sons. She's lost them, one to death and one to desertion. He's gone. There is an unstoppable, powerful, impossible to defeat enemy. There is no hope, but wait. There is a promise. Jesus, her great, 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 grandson will defeat Satan and take away his power. He'll do it from her seed. And we cannot defeat Satan, but Jesus can, and he's already done so. So if you're a failure, give that failure to Jesus. He already took it to the cross. By faith, believe that Jesus Christ carried your sin, carried your failures to the cross, and that you have died with him and been raised to life again with him. That is so exciting. Daughter of Eve, you can be a daughter of God. And though we are born daughters of Eve, if we accept Christ, we become daughters of God. That's so exciting. Um, I want to end with this because I have grown fond of Eve 
in just thinking about what she went through and realizing that had I been in her situation, I probably would have made the same choice. I'm so sad to say. I wish it were not true. Adam had relations with his wife again. This is Genesis 4. And she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has appointed me another offspring in place of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth, to him also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Wow, it's the son given to replace Abel. And then when his son is born, that's the next time. Because that probably was pretty scary. Okay, we're bringing sacrifices. Now someone's, there's jealousy, there's death. Oh boy. So, but it was through Seth that the line of Jesus came. It's through Seth that the line of Abraham came. It's through Seth, the line of Noah. I mean, this son was such a blessing to his mom. There's hope again. There's fulfillment of the promise God gave Eve in the garden because it was through Seth's line that Jesus would come and defeat the enemy that had stolen almost everything from her. And if the enemy has stolen almost everything from you, daughter of Eve, then don't spend one more day being a daughter of Eve. Become a daughter of God through Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you are a daughter of God and you are feeling like a daughter of Eve, then you need to count yourself dead to sin and alive to Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christian, do not see yourself as a daughter of Eve. See yourself as a daughter of God and count yourself dead to sin. You have been crucified with Christ and count yourself alive to God. All of you ladies, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me.